You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Mark. Hello everyone and welcome to Trophy Horse. This is episode 311. No, not the band. Famous in the 1990s. It's episode 311 of Trophy Horse. We're chugging along here, moving even closer towards 350 now. It's kind of kind of crazy to think of it. But speaking of crazy, I've got two crazy gameplay and mofos with me here today. We've got returning to the show, Steven. You will be a mortal man, one in a hand. You will know exactly then what you had. You found the cure and Morse codes for rapture. Get with your rhythm. Get with your nature. That's one hell of a way to introduce yourself as the new host of Trophy Horse. Oh, whoa, whoa, <laughs> wait a minute. Did we just break news on Trophy? That's all right. Steven, Yo. ladies and gentlemen, is joining Trophy Horse as a permanent co-host. So everyone give Steven a round of applause. Thank home. you. Thank you. No, no, no. Sit down. Everybody sit down. Thank you very I imagine, much. I imagine you're doing like the, the beauty queen on the float in the parade. Wave, that is like very similar to what I was just doing, yes. Very nice. And as awesome as it is to have Steven on the show now permanently, there's only one person around here who brings the awesome, and that's I Yield to No One. What famous songs did 311 have? I don't even remember them. Well, that one was the introduction uh, to uh, sound system that was freeze time that I was just spitting, but they, you, you've heard it, some of their songs. I'm Creatures, sure I have. Um, come original, yeah, come original is a big one. Uh, Transistor, uh, you, you've heard a ton of their songs. I'm sure I have. They must be Amber. Busy. You remember Amber? That was no. huge. You wouldn't believe. No, not ringing a bell. Whoa, Amber is the color of your energy. Whoa, that song? You don't know no, that song? No. All right. Didn't so they, PlayStation. Didn't they all... I yes, was PlayStation. I, I was I I I I must have been too lost in the grunge world. <laughs> it's a that's a deep hole. <laughs> the movement was very heavy in the in the early 1990s after Nirvana came on the scene. Indeed. But here in this scene, we're talking video games and we've got our updated trophy counts for you. Tricky, who again is taking the week off, is a level 33. He's got 8,239 trophies and 77 platinums. Have, have we hit the petition signatures to exile him from the show? Oh, we hit that. We hit that those signature limit long, long oh, ago. Oh, okay. I think I think JT <laughs> signed that petition enough for everyone. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. And of course, myself, Alex. I am level 29. I have 6,195 trophies and I have 90 platinums and 89 games. I am super close. Hold on, wait a minute. I, I, I don't think I updated my own damn trophies. <laughs> <laughs> Going over there telling people to update their trophies and you're over here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, so myself, Alex, I am level 29. I have 6,203 trophies uh, and I have 90 Platinums in 89 games. I am oh so close to number 91. But not quite yet. What are your What are your celebratory plans for 100? You know what? I didn't even think of that. Okay. I, I have well, I have I have nothing. You know, maybe maybe what I'll do is 
I'll go through and rewatch that '70s show all over again from the beginning. It's no. one of my, my favorite shows on television. It's one hell of a way to celebrate. I would say it's always sunny in Philadelphia, but I recently went back and rewatched all eleven seasons again because that show is fucking fantastic. You know what? Actually, to celebrate, I might try to actually convince everyone on the streets that my name is Doctor Mantis Toboggan. <laughs> Yield. Well, have, have, have you pla- have you planned on what your one hundredth platinum is going to be? I don't plan it out. It is what it is. It I'm is just going to play is. the games. There I'm going to go. play the games. I'm going to play the games, and whatever lands on 100, it's 100. it'll fall as it may. There you go. Yield, sir. Your so, trophy count. I am a level 25. I have a trophy count of 3, 3, 4, 7, 3, 2. I earned a whopping 1 trophy this week, and still holding steady with a platinum count of 71. Ooh. Uh, all right. Well, I got my fourth platinum. Um, I, I jumped please on tell, that. Please, please tell me you didn't do Hannah Montana or uh, the four star rate, five star rating. Uh, it was absolutely it was absolutely five star. One thousand great American fantastic pictures. Um, yeah, total, totally did that. I've got to ask, is that name accurate? Is it really five stars top rated? Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. And the thing that makes it absolutely ridiculous is that each difficulty level is the same solution. It's the same button prompts for each solution. That's how, you know, I, I was trying to play it straight and I couldn't, I was like losing my mind. I was like, how are people getting this platinum in five minutes? I don't get it. And then I did a quick Google and I was like, oh, it's the same solution for all the puzzles. Yeah. So I got that. I'm level 14. I got uh, 1,738 trophies, which last time I think I was in the 1,600. So I guess that's an improvement. Um, yeah. Uh, but I got that fourth plat. Very nice, sir. And we'll end with Sid. Sid is level 25. He's got 5,297 total trophies, and he's got 64 Platinums. I believe Sid got a new Platinum this week. I don't, unfortunately, know what he got. We can always ask him. Maybe we can have have that and him incorporate new Platinums he gets into Sophie's Trophies. I think that'd be good. Actually, I think think he posted it on the group. Yeah, he did. He said it was a game that uh, he wouldn't recommend anybody playing. So he didn't even name it. He did. I can't remember what it was. Some weird name. Hang on, I'll look it up. Just vamp. All right. Well, that is going to bring us to what we have been playing. I have been playing more and more and more Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. I hate to say this, but I'm probably not going to stop playing that game until I finish or get the platinum in Crash Warped. Although I've thought about maybe taking a break and playing through Telltale's Game of Thrones because I've never played that, and it was free for PlayStation Plus, and be a nice little thing in between Crash 2 and Crash 3, because I've been getting a lot of relics, doing a lot of time trials, getting a lot of gems, and it'd be nice to have a little bit of break from Crash. As, as much as much as I adore Crash Bandicoot and all his wackiness and his adventures, it'd be nice to have a break in between. But I will say I'm almost done with Crash 2. I think I've got one more gem and three more relics to get, three more gold relics. I think I'm 99% done with the game, so... Very close to yet another platinum trophy, and two down, one to go. Yield. Uh, that just sorry to cut you guys off, but Sid's last his sixty fourth platinum was Ikimo. Never heard okay. of it, but he said, "Don't bother; it's terrible." Okay. Yeah. Well, so uh, all I've I been... have already I have already erased that game from my memory. <laughs> so I've been playing. Uh... Birds of Steel and uh, Mad Max. That's it. Mad Max is good. It is. I've, I'm like I like I was saying last week. I've 
you know, been bouncing back and forth between it, and I really like that world. I hope they make another game. Yeah, you uh, you mentioned that was it last week or the week before that you wanted another Mad Max? I think we talked about Mad Max the last two weeks. Yeah, we. So have. it could have been either it could have been either one or both. So. Yeah, I just I, I can't I can't do that. I can't get into an open world game right it, now. It, it is a massive open world, but I I enjoyed like last night I was playing and I was going to it ended up being like a two part mission. It was like go here to you know to collect this for me. And you go there and you can't get it from where you're at. So now you've got to drive around and find the entrance. So as I'm driving around to find my entrance, I got sidetracked for like an hour. Oh, here's something I can take down on my way. Ooh, here's some stuff I can collect on my way. So mm, that those are the pitfalls of those open world games. <laughs> but, but I actually kind of enjoyed it because it's like, well, I got to do it anyway. So I might as well do it on my way. Mm-hmm. So I that, was, that's been my strategy for trying to get any platform a platinum trophy in any game. And then eventually I just get like just frustrated and I'm not getting anywhere in any game. That's how you put a hundred hours into the Witcher three and do nothing. I'm sorry, but if a game asks me to veer off from what I'm doing to do anything more than just get a shiny collectible to actually go and do like 20 side missions in a row. Cause that's what I do. Instead of doing the main story, I get stuck doing all the side missions. Same here. That's what broke me in infamous. So I like after that, I couldn't play an open world game until the Batman Arkham games, which Kind of open worldy, kind of not. I, I'll count Arkham City as open world, certainly. But yeah, it, it takes something now like sci-fi or comic book related in order for me to get into an open world game because I just get too lost in all the side missions and just it, it's. I've described the maps in the open world games like a nightmare Christmas tree. I don't know like there's a bunch of lights everywhere and little blips, and I don't know where the fuck to go first. Yeah, could be a little yeah. overwhelming sometimes. Well, you you just have to do. What I do, like with Mad, what I'm doing with Mad Max, I, I I do so many story missions, and then like I was saying last week, you know, the maps divided up into like five different regions. So when I've pretty much at the moment have finished the missions in said region, and it wants me to start over here in this region, well, I don't know if I'm coming back to my first region. So now let's just clear everything out in this area before I move over to the next area. And then as I'm playing around in that area, you know, in between missions, because you finish, you could finish a mission and be out in BFE. Well, while I'm out here, as I'm going back to get my next mission, we'll just scavenge some some parts and we'll clear out a, you know, a camp and just kind of move my way back. Some good strategy right there. But then it also gets you bored with the game after a while and you put it down for a while and move on to something else. So that's why, you know, here it is a year after the game's been out and I'm still marching my way through it. All right, uh, Steven, what have you been playing, sir? So uh, for Proven Gamer, I reviewed the Rise of the Necromancer um, add-on pack for Diablo 3. Um, so I played a little bit of that. Um, didn't have to play too much to really get the gist of what they were going for with that character. So I put, you know, a couple of days into that. Um, man, I am trying guys. I am really, really, really trying to get through the last of us and it's just not doing it for me. Um, <gasps> look, ask me, I know, but let me, let me just, I, I recognize what it's doing. That's great. Believe me, I, I can, but the worst part about the uncharted games is shooting things. And 
it makes it it's even harder in the last of us it's even it's more nerve-wracking because you know you're severely underpowered and stuff so while it's you know the intent there to get you playing scared and and you know stuff like that and being fearful and being more tactical is fine it just the gameplay just isn't there for me and and you don't have the climbing buildings and scaling stuff and these gigantic set pieces that helps carry you through an uncharted game um you know the the acting the the mocap and the story is fantastic um all of that is just is wonderful but i just i really don't want to i don't want to fight i don't want to i don't want to kill anything and the stealth is terrible and i just I don't want to do any of it. I just want to get to the next story part. So that's been my oh, struggle with on. that game. You don't want to kill any clickers and get them the hell out of there? I mean, I do. I would love to, but it, it plays like ass. Like, the shooting is terrible. The 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 uh, hand-to-hand is useless against them anyway, unless you uh, start making... The, the other thing I have, I, the problem I have with it is the way that you level up abilities is by is choice. It's random. It's like you happen to find something that had pills in it, and then you're able to level up some of your skills. Like, to me, that's stupid. If I'm going around the world, and I'm taking on 15, 16, you know, bad guys with guns and and all that stuff, I should be rewarded for that. I shouldn't have to, you know, take a half an hour in one part of the of the world and try and find every nook and cranny. And that, or have by chance still have a shiv left so that I could open a, a locked door and then get some experience points for, you know, lack of a better term to, it's just, to me, that's poor game design. It's it. I mean, again, the story is fantastic. It's, it's the only reason why I still play it, but it doesn't have all that stuff that keeps you playing in an uncharted, which is that it, the exploring is fun. It's fun to to go from point A to point B. In The Last of Us, it's a chore. It's I, I don't know. I just you, you're. I guess the point is to is to feel severely underpowered. But again, you're losing sight of the fact that it's a video game, and we should be playing and moving forward. So I, I don't know that. I've been trying though. Trust me, I'm trying. What I would say in response to that, like you feeling underpowered, would you say the same about Dead Space, where you're supposed to feel scared and alone and have a lack of weaponry and bullets? Yeah, but but there's a natural progression. It's it, that that go that is tied to your your. It's not an open world. In it, it's not. It's corridors. You're going from point A to point B, and in between point A and point B, you're going to pick up a better weapon. You're going to pick up you know, a health mod, or you're going to pick up all these things that are going to make you more and more powerful so that by the time you get to the end, you feel confident in your abilities. In this, you can, if you try and go from point A to point B, you're going to miss all of the stuff that's going to make you more powerful because you're not, you know, you're not keeping your eyes peeled or you don't have a shiv or you, you didn't pick up all the, all the things you need to make a shiv or, or whatever. Um, enemies don't drop nearly enough materials for you to use, especially for playing on the harder difficulties. It's even even less. So I, I just think that, you know, they were going for that survival part, but if you're going to have a leveling up system where I, I could, you know, listen better or I can, you know, do more damage with this or that or the other thing, if you're going to put that system in there and, and, and make it a video game and say, here, here's our video gamey, um, uh, what do you call it? A survival uh, game. Yeah. Like it, here's your video gamey part of the game. But it's not natural. It doesn't fit naturally. Um, I almost feel like 
they should have stripped all that away and just made it about finding better weapons and then just modding them. If they got rid of the whole listening better and, you know, sneaking better and, and all that stuff, or, you know, more health or, you know, you get uh, better at using health packs. If you got rid of all that and just made it about surviving encounters, finding stuff to salvage and to make better weapons, if they made it just about that, it would have been a lot better. I mean, I mean, I would say, though, that a lot of it is about stealth and fighting, finding a way to get around fights instead of having to fight. Because you can't fight clickers head on. You've got to come up behind them and take them out. And, right. And, you know, like, you know, Joel is an older man yelling, or excuse me, Joel's an older man and Ellie's a younger girl. They can't take on, like, mercenaries and, you know, full-grown adult men as easily as, you know, other characters might be able to. I mean, it's, it's a bleak world. It's a depressing world. It's one where, you know, there are monsters roaming around that can kill you in, in a moment's notice. They've got scavengers and, and basically the worst kinds of people running around and taking things from other people by force. So, I mean, it's a bleak world. And, you know, you have basic primitive weaponry. I mean, that's kind of the way the world is. You, you talk about having, like, it's a video game. And I assume that you mean you kind of have to, you know, make it more fun than anything. But, you know, we expect the characters to look real and the, and the mouth motions to match what they're saying. So we have, you know, fancy technology like face mapping and stuff to to make that look real. So we want our characters to look real. We want our stories to be heartfelt and real. But yet we don't want the situations they're in to be... We want it to be like mired in video game tropes. We don't want no, to be more real world. No, that that I don't think that's what I'm saying. What I, what I'm saying is that, for example, one of the first major encounters you have in that game, it's a stealth section where all the lights are off. I think you're in a, I I, I can't remember if it was like a school or something, but there's there's a bunch of clickers roaming around, and then there's the uh, clickers that aren't quite clickers yet running around, and you're you're sneaking around and you're trying to find your way through. There were eleven enemies in that space. And that's the first time that you're being taught how to survive those situations. And the first time I played that game, I played it on, on I guess it was Crushing or Hard, or whichever one is not unlocked, the, the highest one. Um, I played it on that first, and, and that section broke me. I just wasn't able to do it. I'm not, I guess I'm not that good a game or whatever. But this time I'm playing on normal difficulty, and even so, it's still the same amount of enemies. They still detect you the same way. You just have a few more uh, items in your disposal. And I guess what I'm saying is that's not a way to teach you how to get through that situation. They're just throwing you in the fire and hoping that you survive. Um, I think it would have been a little bit better if there was an area like that that had maybe four enemies in it that you could say, hey, oh, okay, this is how they behave. This is how, you know, I can get around this. This is uh, what happens if I leave this door, you know, open or if I have my flashlight on or something like that. Uh, because the situations don't get easier. They keep ramping up from there. So I feel like you're starting at a high intensity level, which is fine because they're setting the tone. But, I mean, they spent the 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 whole opening of the game setting the tone. So I don't know why they have to... They don't teach you the those systems very well. And again, the, the biggest problem I have with it is that in order to make your character better, you have to randomly find pills. That's not fun that's that's i feel like that's cheap that's like a a cheap way of of having you explore the world the world you should want to explore the world because the world is is intriguing not because you're looking for pills so that you can not get your ass kicked on the next encounter 
That world is terrifying. I want to stay as close to safe safety and home base as I can. Yes, because, I agree. Yeah, it's it's awful. I, you know, honestly, I really liked The Last of Us. I thought it was a fantastic game. I think that coupled with Bioshock, well, not coupled, but along with Bioshock Infinite and Batman Arkham City was a renaissance kind of with the game industry because I had felt for a couple of years there, the quality of games that we were getting were just, they had sunk to a newer low. Like, they just didn't entice me whatsoever. And then those three games within a, you know, a, a year or so span, like we're, we're candidates for like game of the year, possibly in the discussion for one of the greatest games ever. I just didn't have the same problems with the last of us. Maybe yeah, I, I look at the story and it's kind of like shadow of the Colossus. A lot of people complain about shadow of the Colossus, but to me, the concept and the story in the world overshadows anything that could have been wrong with that game. And for me, you know, getting to know the characters and the story they told and just how gritty and real the world is, especially the ending, how, like, because I was like, yes, that's the same decision that I would make. It just kind of overshadowed everything else. So, it, you know, maybe there's some, some issues that I look past because of the story, but that's what you do with a Naughty Dog game because Uncharted, Uncharted is the same way. Any issues that you have, you look over them because of the, of the, the story, and that's why you keep playing, which is what you said. Right. The gameplay in Uncharted isn't that great. The platforming is pretty much automatic. It's not very great at all. And so it's kind of like, I don't know. It, it's kind of clunky. In but a it, lot of but ways. it is, but it is beautiful, and it and it keeps you wanting to see like where the like how they 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 do it. Uh, I guess the verticality of it all, like the scale of it all, it's like it makes you want to keep pressing right or up or down or or you know whatever, jumping to the next platform. It's like holy crap, look what these guys did in this game. Where as The Last of Us, it's like, it's just, you know, grim and and dire and whatever. And that's fine. I, I mean, I, I know what I'm getting into. Uh, you know, I, again, I think the story is, is phenomenal. Um, but it's just, I don't have the carrot at the end of the stick like I do in an Uncharted game. Well, I mean, the carrot is you want to see what happens to these characters because, you know, Ellie is kind of leading Joel along. And you're watching their relationship progress. So at the beginning, Joel loses his daughter. And it's heartbreaking, and it's a terrible way to start a story. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a, a gripping, saddening way to start a story, but it, it pulls you in. And over the course of the game, you see Ellie become kind of Joel's daughter. And you play because you want to see that, that relationship unfold, because you know it's coming, and you want to see what happens to the, at the end. Mm-hmm. Do they both survive? You know, do, Does one have to live without the other? And that's, that's kind of why you... That's why you go through the game. I, you know, I, I think that if you're, you're going to kind of talk about the gameplay and the movement and the shooting in The Last of Us, like, I didn't have so much more of a problem with any of that than I did in the Uncharted games. Like, I think that playing an Uncharted game, you know what you're going to get in The Last of Us as far as those things go. Yeah. I can't wait to hear what, uh, or read what JT says about this in the, uh, in the Facebook group. Um, I am playing two other games real quick, just to touch on them. Uh, uh, Fury, that that cool oh, little download. Jesus. That game, I am I'm very frustrated with that game, but still, I, I it is pretty cool. It's fun, and uh, and of course, I, I have to real quick. I have to ask which, how far have you made it in Fury? I am up to, I think the sec, just the second boss right now. The uh, the, the chick on the unicycle thing. Yeah, the the third the hardest boss I've encountered is the third one. The line. This old yeah, man controls time. He's such a prick. <laughs> and uh, and I'm playing uh, Splatoon two. So that was this weekend's time sink. Very very nice. 
So yeah, that is going to bring us to our topics, and uh, we won't get too hard. We won't be too hard on you, Stephen, for mentioning a Nintendo game on a PlayStation podcast. Uh, well, if you want to know more about Splatoon Two, you could tune into our other podcast, the one that I host, Nintendo Dual Screens. You could find it now. Yay, sir! We do that in shoutouts. <laughs> we don't do that here. You got to keep it natural. Keep the flow. Go with the flow. Cheat, pop. <laughs> all right well folks we're going to move into our topics and this is kind of more of a topics pe- we have topics oh yes we have topics every every day or every week i should say so this is kind of a psa for anyone who wants to know sony has opened up registration for the upcoming beta for the newest major firmware update for the playstation 4 you can get in on it today and sometime between today and early August. They don't actually give a date on the PlayStation blog, but right now you can go sign up to be a part of the next beta, beta tester for the next PlayStation firmware update. What does this mean? Cross well, backwards, cross platform backwards compatibility. You're just getting crazy now, sir. I know. Basically, the the benefit of this is that you get to see all the upcoming changes, the improvements, whatever they planned before everyone else that's really the it helps tone it in a nutshell they're going to make it a lot harder to look through the playstation store and they still won't let you change your name for free and everything that you've ever wanted you're not getting it but they'll hint that you're going to get it so i will put a link to the because the the address is too long the web address is too long to read here on the show tricky would do it because he likes to spend at least a half an hour reading full stories here on on air (laughs) See, but, see, but, St- but, Steven's laughing at us, but it's true for anybody who's been a PlayStation I'm not, I'm not laughing time. at you. I am certainly not laughing at you. There was a, a, an episode, it was in the last, like, it was since 300, where he was reading, it seemed like for 10 minutes. And, it, like, I was on that end, show. I was on that and, show, I do remember. And I got to the end, I was like, are you reading this entire thing? <laughs> Tricky. I, I we made I made this joke early in the chat, but Tricky's episodes are like Michael Bay sized Transformers movies. Mm-hmm. Two and a half hours recording, no less. We got to get enough explosions in there. We got enough padding. <laughs> Too many humans, not enough Transformers. And in this world, the trophy horse are the Transformers. Damn it! <laughs> so yes, I will. That's put a Transformer. A link. You are hilarious. <laughs> um, but yes, I will put a link to the registration page for the the beta. On the uh, in the summary for the episode, so the post for this episode on ProvingGamer.com, I will put the link in there. Like I said, the link is too long to read, but you can also find it and the story on the PlayStation blog. Sweet. Yeah. You did, any, did, anyone gonna go did, jump in on that? Did, did no. I'm no, not, I, but, I'm not taking that risk. But did they happen to mention like possible improvements or no they no, just they, said beta they, test. they did not they did not mention anything they basically okay. said here's when you can beta test it. they didn't give the they didn't even say a date for when the beta is going to start there I was some not, bullshit I, story going around that there were name changes on this one but i don't there were no sources to the actually, story so the, the, the best thing that i would like and I know, I know this is petty but the best thing that i would like would be to be able to um download dynamic themes that people create well you could do that on the playstation 3 you can't do that now though i know you can't do it on the 4 because they'd have to open up the system which is what they don't want to happen but right. I, I i enjoyed that so much going over to what was the website playstation themes.com and just people would you know here you go here's the theme i created have you know enjoy 
And I like I, how, I like how Yield was like, wait, what was the name of that site? Oh yeah, PlayStation Three Themes dot com. Was it with a Z? No. Oh. But you know, and, and you had you know people would just everything like right now on my three, I'm rocking a a Peanuts, you know, Snoopy sitting on his doghouse theme. Oh, so, that's awesome. It, it's just I kind of miss being able to personalize your system that way. That reminds me of that scene from Ace Ventura when Nature Calls. Did you did you all see that movie? Yes. Oh, come on. In the night. Is the Pope and Catholic? He's, he's on the plane, and the the, the stewardess, the flight attendant, <laughs> I should say, comes up to him and said, "Peanuts." And she's got a little bit of lisp. And, and Ace Ventura goes, "Yes, I have one. It's bulky, but I consider it carry on." <laughs> and she's like, "No, peanuts." And he's like, "Oh." <laughs> Great. Ace Ventura when Nature Calls is such a, a fucking movie. And he's not even eating peanuts, too. He's eating sunflower seeds. And the, the, the thing that about that movie is it starts so sad because he's trying to save the raccoon at the yeah, beginning. Yeah. And the raccoon ends up dying. It's a cliffhanger. But, it's a cliff... What is it? Yeah, cliffhanger yeah. Uh, parody. He's got, he's got the raccoon like attached to him, and he's kind of like... Um, I don't know exactly. He's trying to, to shimmy across a rope to get to, to a safe... To safe side of uh, the mm-hmm. mountain, there's like solid ground, and they're like hanging hanging over an abyss or a ravine, and the, the little carabiner breaks. Must have been made uh, have plastic you, or paper mache. Have you have you never seen the movie Cliffhanger? I have not. No. That's what? that's a direct scene from the movie Cliffhanger. That's that was what it was parodying. <laughs> oh no, no no I know but I've never seen. Yeah no it <laughs> good movie good movie terrible movie but it's a good movie. Isn't what couldn't you explain like call every one of Sylvester Stallone's movies good movie terrible movie terrible movie good movie as long as you say terrible movie more often than you say good movie <laughs> you can say good movie unless it's of course Rocky well maybe Rocky four nah, Rocky four was the best one that, that, that must that, make that, you they got annoying after a while it was all the same well when he's fighting Tommy Gunn in the streets and Rocky five then yeah I'll agree <laughs> with you oh Tommy Morrison God rest his soul. All right, folks, if you've been looking forward to Windjammers, and we all know if you've listened to the show before, Lucia, former former co-host Lucia, he's a big fan of Windjammers. Uh, Windjammers is coming out on August 29th on the PS4 and the Vita. And if you don't know what Windjammers is, I'd say go look, go go check it out. They, we got this from the PlayStation blog. They've got a whole trailer and everything. It reminds me, like, graphically and, like, musically especially, of Street Fighter 2. Oh. No, it, well... Musically and graphically, and like the characters, the way they look, it's a lot like Street Fighter Two. But yes, if Street Fighter Were Two took place on like a beach in San Diego and took place during the eighties, but it's kind of like it's a lot like Pong as far as the gameplay goes. You're kind of like on this tennis court looking thing, and you're hitting this this disc back and forth, and you're trying to score on your opponent. It looks like there's three different like point scores on each side, and I guess they're differing points for each like little um, plate that you hit on each side of the, the uh, court. So it basically looks like Street Fighter, if Street Fighter took place on a tennis court and it was one-on-one and it was Pong but with a disc. I, th- yeah. I think you should write yeah. the description for the uh, PlayStation Store. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the most that I, I could think of. That's <laughs> the best thing that I can think of. I if think it Street accurate- Fighter had a baby with Pong. I think that accurately describes it, to be perfectly honest. Like, this is a... They would call it Windjammers. Windjammers. Like, that's a great name. Like, you can't not put some gusto into that when you say it, right? Right. 
Yeah, so it's a very retro game, and you know we've we've kind of gotten to this point in gaming where like with Mega Man Nine and Mega Man Ten, like everything old is new again, and it's it's kind of it's kind of fucking great. And of course, the latest example, Crash Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. Have Stephen, have you looked or heard of Win- looked at or heard of Windjammers before? Yeah, I mean, it's been a lot of people on the internet are saying that this is going to be like the next Rocket League. That this is just going to be one of those games that people just latch onto and just, you know, play a quick game. Um, I haven't really been following it too much, but that's really what I've been hearing about this game. Um, it might be one of those things that I'll, I should just give a try and see if it... I, I just don't I don't want another one of those games that just takes me away from all the other games that I have to play. <laughs> no, but see, Rocket League is great because when I don't have a game to play, it's like, okay, well, I'll just play some Rocket League. And it's still amazing i always have a game to play that's the problem you need to clear out your backlog i so so bad i'm working on it (sighs) i was was about to say just like yield does here's my thing with wind jammers it looks fun it's very fast paced so you better have good reflexes when you're playing this game but the next rocket league the thing that's fun to me about the thing that's fun to me about rocket league is that it's three on three i mean you can do less than three on three you can do one on one or two on two but three on three is so much fun, and I, when growing up, like with my stepbrother and my friends, I always used to love to play on teams. Like Time Splitters Two, when we would go over to a friend's house, we would go pick like the Mexican Mission or the Ice Station, and we would play against the bots, like the three of us or the four of us against a team of three or four bots. And I like playing on a team. I don't really like playing one on one a whole lot. It's not that fun to me. I like the team aspect of it. That's maybe that's why I like the X Men more than any other Marvel characters. So, I mean, that's the only thing about this to me is it's one-on-one. And that's why I don't think, for me, it will ever surpass or become Rocket League. Agreed. We shall see. Yeah, we shall see. Yield, what's your interest level in this game? Uh, I'll wait until it comes out and then kind of... Hold on. Let me rephrase that. Your interest level before, pre my description, and then post out of 10. Uh... Huh. Uh, before, probably not very interested at all. Now, we'll put it at a five. Look, there you go, Stephen. You're right. My marketing and my advertising are doing wonders for this game already. You hear that, Sony? Shuhei, you listening? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, did you know that the best kind of advertising is word of mouth? It's free. Indeed. And it's usually very influential. Indeed. So yeah, I will check out Windjammers, especially because it comes so highly recommended from Lucia, because the game has been on the PC for quite a while. So it's coming out August 29th. It'll be available on PS4 on PS4 and PS Vita. So look, you have a new game to play on your Vita if your Vita still has a battery charge. I'm I'm sorry, Vita. I I know you're great, but I just don't play you. Well, it's because Sony. This is how Sony uh, supports it. So when people go, you're not supporting Vita, they go, look, look at all these games we released on it this year. And everybody's like, yeah, but I can play that on my console. <laughs> I could play that on literally anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I the only time I would have, like, I'm traveling really is when I'm in a car. And I think it'd be frowned upon if I'm sitting there playing the Vita while I'm trying to While you're driving, car. going down yeah, the interstate, no bueno. playing some wind jammers. Get out of my way! Someone someone honks at me. You asshole, I almost got that Platinum Trophy in Windjammers. Yeah. What are you honking at? Well, as exciting as it sounds, or stupid, stupid exciting to, depending on who you ask, as it sounds to drive down the highway while earning Platinums on your Vita, 
Something far more exciting is the list of games that Telltale Games has coming for us in the next year. Telltale has announced that they will have three sequels to some of their fa- to their most popular series game series they've made. Obviously, we know that uh, Minecraft Story Mode has gotten a second season, Tales but we're also we'll also well yeah we're not getting that yield Sorry, maybe maybe down the road. Although I, to be honest, Tales from the Borderlands was so good that I I don't really need any more. I know, I know I don't, but, oh, that was so good. So what we will be getting is season four of The Walking Dead, and I believe that's the last one. I think that's the last season of The Walking Dead they're going to do. No, they're calling it, like, the final chapter or something like that, right? That's how I took it, or at least it's Clem's final chapter. I don't think there's really coming back from that. That's like the the Final Destination movie series, and it's like Final Destination 1, 2, 3, 4, and then it's like the Final Destination you really, unless you're going to do a prequel, you can't go beyond that. Uh, we're also getting season two of The Wolf Among Us and The Walking Dead season four and season two, The Walking Dead season four and season two of The Wolf Among Us will both be coming out next year at some point. They haven't given us exact dates, but they did give us exact dates for the third game, which is Batman, The Enemy Within, the Telltale series, which starts next month. Uh, episode one, The Enigma, premieres on August 8th on Xbox One, P- PS4, PC, and Mac. And it'll also be available for mobile a little bit later. And I'm guessing the Enigma, I guess that has something to do with Edward Enigma, uh, who most of us yeah. know much better as the Riddler. That's that's what I took from the trailer. Yeah, yeah. The, the bunch of question marks on a on those computer screens or TV screens kind of gave that away as well. Riddler is a real prick, especially after all those trophies I had to get in Batman Arkham City. And I got every single one of them. I think arguably he's one of the best villains that there is for Batman. Definitely. He's he's definitely underrated. I would agree. I think that his mind games and the fact that he uses his mind as, as opposed to brute force, like someone like Bane or Clayface would use. I think that definitely makes him a lot more interesting because you think about it. Batman's not really a superhero. I mean, he is a superhero, but he's not superhuman. Like say wonder woman or Superman. He's just a guy who's got supreme fighting abilities and gadgets. He's got technology, money, and, and fighting skills. And it also really focuses on the whole detective part of it. You know, so you have, uh, you know, the Riddler's always brought out the detective part of Batman. And that's that's something that a lot of video games lose sight of, that whole, you know, figuring out the puzzle type thing. So I think it's perfect. I think he's the perfect uh, antagonist for a Telltale Batman game. Um, focusing purely on just figuring out a mystery is like exactly why I play uh, a Telltale game. So, Yeah, and the guy who plays Riddler or Edward Nygma in Gotham is pretty damn great. That character is pretty great. Seeing him as part of the police force, uh, Gotham City PD, and then seeing him gradually turn into the Riddler is pretty pretty damn awesome. Yeah, like it's phenomenal. Show. It's good. It's good. Is season three on Netflix yet? Don't I don't think so. Damn it, I just finished The Walking Dead Season 6 on Netflix, and I need to, something to watch. Oh, yeah, didn't, uh, they took down Psych, didn't they? Psych was up there for a long time. Now that they're coming out with the movie, it'd be a perfect time to rewatch all of that. Never seen it. Oh, honest, Psych though. is so good. Eh, it's not bad. It's good. It's one of my favorite Yo, shows. Yield just steps, on, uh, steps all over. <laughs> Steven's, Steven's like, it's amazing. Yield's like, eh, it's, it's all right. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I was more of a burn notice guy. Yeah, burn notice was good. I enjoyed that. 
Man, those these USA TV dramas and comedies are getting more love now than they ever have. So, so your Telltale thing that you were talking about, all right? So, I was looking through when the announcement came through. I was looking through my Twitter feed in the morning, and I ran across an article. I believe it was on Game Informer that basically said Telltale came out and said, "Hey." If you're looking for a Wolf Among Us 2, and if you're looking for a Tales from a Borderlands 2, probably not going to happen. I was just like, man, you know, that that really sucks. Because that was like two of their best games, in my opinion. And then like five tweets later, I'm like, Wolf Among Us 2 announced at San Diego Comic-Con. I'm like, you jerks. You got me. You just so, made the yeah, list. I, I... Nice, Chris Y2J. I saw you post that yield, and I was like, wait a minute, yield. I just saw that Wolf Among Us 2 was announced. <laughs> yeah, I, I posted that, because that was my opinion on, on the article. And then, like I said, I, I keep scrolling like five, six tweets later. Hey, Wolf Among Us 2 was announced at San Diego Comic-Con. I'm just like, I'm not going back and deleting it. We were lied to. I, wait, you won't go back and delete it? It was probably like a tweet or two ago. It was, but I wasn't going back and deleting it. I already said it. It's out there. The internet never forgets, sir. Nope. All right, well, that is going to bring us to the end of our news topics. So now we're going to throw it to our main man, Sid, with the newest episode of Sophie's Trophies here on Trophy Whores. Enjoy. Hey, guys. Welcome to Sophie's Trophies, episode five. As always, I am Sid, and hope you're well. Uh, This week, I want to talk about a little game called Ikimu. Um, Apart from having a rather stupid title... It has to be one of the worst games I have ever played in my life. Now, I bought this for £2.59 off the PlayStation Network, thinking it'd be quite an easy trophy. You know, something just to run around on, good fun. Um, Every now and then I like that kind of game, just something to knock out really quickly. But, turns out, I was wrong. Now, it says this game is a two-hour platinum. That's bullshit. Uh, The simple reason being, it is the most glitchy game I have played in a long time. You have to get kill trophies on the levels, 250 kill trophies on each level. Now, there are only four levels. The game could be completed in, I don't know, three quarters of an hour. You know, it's a really quick game to play. But those glitches, damn, they are really bad. Um, It's taken me a total of, like, four or five hours today to run through this game. Um, The game itself is shit. That's the only way I can put it. Combat is non-existent. Um, You have four characters, Uh, one of them is moderately useful, I mean there's a big guy, Uh, you use him to knock on doors and, you know, knock things down, he can't jump, so once you get lumbered with him, some of the levels you can't even finish, Um, so, yeah, thinking, nice easy trophy, Platinum 64, not proud of it, you know, sometimes buying these cheap games bites you on the arse. And you end up feeling a fool. So this Sophie's Trophy is a warning to you guys. You know, be careful what you buy because sometimes it's not worth it. Even at £2.59. Okay, bitch over. Thanks for listening guys. Um, If you want to get in touch, Sid at ProvingGamer.com or Sidders1978 on the PSN network or via the Trophy Horse Facebook group. All right, thank you as always, Sid, for that episode of Sophie's Trophies, and we're going to move into our topic of the week. So Activision has released DLC for Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, in in particular for Crash Bandicoot, the original game, 
and it's actually free through until August 19th. And basically what this game is, the DLC is a previously unreleased level from the original Crash Bandicoot that Naughty Dog developed, but eventually took out of the game during the gold certification process because it was too hard. Uh, I read an interview on the PlayStation blog where the guy who created it said he was a novice at creating game levels, and he had no idea what the, like, kind of the concept of making a difficulty curve, or he didn't really know how to do it yet, so he's kind of feeling his way out. And they decided in the end they didn't have enough time to make the level easier. So they decided just to completely cut it from the game. It's called Stormy Ascent. Again, it's an unreleased level from the original Crash Bandicoot. And you can actually get it now. You can download it now. And I have heard it's four times as long as any other level in the original Crash Bandicoot. And after playing Sunset Vista, that makes my my legs weak. It makes my legs just tremor because that's, I can only imagine. And to get, there are two trophies attached to this level. One of them you have to get by getting the gym, I'm assuming by destroying all the boxes in the level, and the other one you have to get a gold relic. You have to do the time trial and get a gold relic to get. So it is a mighty task ahead of you. You don't have to get the platinum relic, but still, like even in some of these Crash Bandicoot levels, I'm struggling to get the gold. So it's it's not an easy thing to do to get these trophies from Stormy Ascent. Now, do you have to own the game to... Get the DLC, or can you just put it in your cart, or put it in your library, I should say? To be perfectly honest, I'm not, I would assume that you have to own the game, because I would assume that you access the game from, you access Stormy Ascent from inside the game, because in this interview, the gentleman said that Stormy Ascent was actually still, or I, I've heard from somewhere that Stormy Ascent's actually still in the original game. Like, it's in the, the Crash Bandicoot disc, but it's hidden very well, and you can't find it. Oh, so I would assume that you have so to still, access it's, it. It's still coded in the game. They just kind of... That's that's what I remember reading or, or hearing on a YouTube video. So I would assume that you have to get it... You have to access it within the game. It's not a... St- like, one level wouldn't be a standalone game to download. It's not like Infamous Festival of Blood or Infamous First Light, where you can just download a separate thing and just play it without having to buy Infamous 2 or Infamous Second Son. That is my assumption, anyway. Hmm. I'll have to check out the store tonight. So, alright. Our topic of the week is, and I asked this to Yield and to Steven before we started, what is a video game level, mission, whatever? It's not necessarily a requirement for a trophy or like anything like that, but what's a level or a mission in a game that you remember being particularly hard and I believe that Yield popped up first in our earlier discussion. Yield, what was the thing that you thought of? <sighs> well, I'm going to go with a challenge. Uh, uh, a challenge in a PS3 game in the uh, Force Unleashed 2 where you had to uh, make it from point A to point B. You had to pick up a hollow cron and then turn around and come back. and uh, the you had to you know jump your way across. It wasn't just run. There were no enemies to fight, but the platforms turned. You had stationary platforms and platforms that turned. And of course, you know you're on a time trial. So if you just jump and you patiently wait, you can make it there and make it back. And it takes I don't know minute thirty, maybe two minutes. And you know you you got the the bronze trophy for it, but to get a gold or a platinum, you had to do it in like 48, 58 seconds, somewhere in that time period. And 
I just multiple times wanted to throw my controller through the TV set because I could not figure it out. All right, Steven, sir, what did you have for us? Um, I have a couple to choose from, but I think one of the ones that pops up in my head the most is uh, from Uncharted 2. It was I think it was chapter 20, Cat and Mouse. That whole, uh, that whole chapter was just a nightmare. Um, you had to basically... Uh, like when you when you first start it you lose um oh who the hell were you with uh, uh, it's been so long since i played the game but it's like a i can't think of his name the hindu guy yeah it's it's like it, it starts off as like an escort mission then you lose you know whatever and there's uh, the train and there's a tank and there, like you can't get from point a to point b without getting your your head blown off you're supposed to i guess just wait it out and then like move up a little bit at a time, but there's grenades being thrown at you every five seconds. The whole the whole level, you're just getting pelted from either side. I remember, I remember stopping. I had to stop playing for like a week just to clear my head of that of that whole thing. Plus, I was playing it on uh, the hardest difficulty. I think it was crushing, but it was it was nearly impossible on normal. Um, man, it, it, that was a tough one. See, cat and mouse. Uh, if I could. Uh, Trying to remember the details of it. I just remember. Um, so, are we the gentleman's name? Was it Tenzin? There you go. Yeah, I think that sounds familiar. Yeah, there. There's just a ton of of grenades being thrown at you, and you can't. Uh, there's like a bald guy. He, you can't shoot him in the head. You have to get get him get up close to him and melee him. It was. I don't know. It was just. It was just way too damn hard. <laughs> Now, when you say the, the when you say the bald guy, you're not talking about Lazarevich. No, no, no. Lazarevich. There was just one guy that just kept lobbing grenades at you, and you and for whatever reason, headshots wouldn't do anything to him. Um, yeah. So here's what I'm gonna say. I mentioned Lazarevich's name. That guy's a real prick. He may be the video game villain that I hate most out of any video game. That boss fight sucked. It did, but you know, I, in that Run game. Away. I thought that he, quite frankly, killed Elena. And I was like, I went through all the emotions and I was like sad and in denial. And then I was pissed. I was like, all right, I don't care how big you are, motherfucker. I'm taking you down. And I did. I did it for Elena. And of course she lived. But for those moments, when, when <laughs> she, when I thought she was dead, I was just torn apart. I was like, no, you son of a bitch. Don't you do this to me. Live, damn it. But you said you had a few choices, Steven. Yeah, specifically the thing that made that level hard was that you were being chased by a tank the whole time. That's what, you know, you're being, you have this tank bearing down on you and you're trying to maneuver through the level and you're also getting grenades lobbed at you the whole time. That sucks. Oh, is that um, the one in the city? It's the yeah, one in the, in, it's, it's uh, in the village. The Tibetan the vill village. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the Tibetan village. Oh, that yeah. was fun. Sure. One man's uh, misery is another man's pleasure, I guess. <laughs> um the other one sounds, was, sounds like playing video games with tricky mick <laughs> uh yeah, playing but, 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 but okay i won't go there <laughs> um one of the other ones that i was thinking of was something that i did accidentally in the witcher 3 um i took on a a really difficult you mission a level no it, it oh. was a uh it was the phantom of the trade route quest and in this quest you fight I think it was two hatchling uh, wervins, like little hatchling guys. Um, 
and they chase you down into this cave. And I just remember spending probably an hour just hacking away little by little and running away little by little and running away. And then, you know, I'd kill one of them and then I'd kill the other one. And then I'm like, yay. So to put things into perspective, I was level eight and they were level 17. Just to put things into perspective. So I, I kill them. Everything's great. And then I think it's over. And then mommy shows up. And mommy was very, very big. <laughs> and so, was it se- yeah, it might have been level 17. Was he at 17 or 20 or something like that? Anyway, I w- it was more than double what my level was. And you um, got squashed. I, I eventually won, but it took... Many, I, I'm one of those guys that I come to a, a challenge like that in an open world, and I, I could run away and go do something else. It happens to me in, in, in Breath of the Wild all the time, but I can be faced with a challenge, and I just will not stop until I beat it. Even if I'm severely underpowered, I just won't stop until I you know can finally beat them. And that's why I stopped playing Bloodborne, because I couldn't do it and... I couldn't sit there and fight the same boss for the third week in a row. Sir, you're getting a little too freewheeling with these Nintendo references on this place. <laughs> Listen, it's it's know. a small little droplet. It's a tiny little droplet. It's in a sea of in the sea of the Wind Waker. <laughs> the the hey the, the the last guy who did too many of those got buried in the Nevada desert. Well, I'm I'm trying not to to you know stay on it too long. Um, but I think it's a fair comparison to my Witcher 3 problems. Um, but th- those two were the ones that I th- I think the last time I chucked my controller across the room might have been those two two oh, instances. Chucked your controller? Shame on you, sir. Oh, I threw it, threw it against the couch. You know, pillows well, and whatnot. Well, at least you did that. Yeah. yeah. One time when I was a kid, I had uh, I had one of those. So it was a couch that had like a big bubble back. Like just like a really big fluffy back, but it was like bouncy. And one time I threw the controller at that when I was angry. I was like, I was probably in like sixth grade or seventh grade, and the controller just shot right back at me and and hit me right in the mouth. And I had a, a cut lip for like two weeks. It was kind of sucky, but it was funny. Hey, yeah, you should have seen the other guy <laughs> from the fight. And that was right, well, and that was the boss battle in uh, uh, Metal Gear Solid Four. That was the fist fight. That was that fight that I threw the controller and it hit me in the mouth. Nice. Well, was it worth it? Absolutely. Way to not back down, Stephen. Good job. <laughs> you are a good trophy whore. So for me, I could name the Vanquish tactical challenges. I mean, I could name Bayonetta's hardest game setting. Because the hardest setting on Bayonetta, like, I got through the game relatively easily on the normal setting. I go to the hardest one, like Umbra Witch or something like that, and I can't even get out of the first fucking level. I'm like, well, I'm not getting this platinum. Uh, I mean, Quitter. Crash Crash Bandicoot, any, you go try those, sir. <laughs> you go do that. I already fun- have. The game's fun, you liar. The game is fun <laughs> as hell. It's like one of the best third-person action games I've ever played, but God, it gets so hard. You know, any number of levels from Crash Bandicoot, the time trials, oh my God, the time trials are killing me. So much effort into those time trials. But the game, the level I'm going to go with is actually a planet in Mass Effect 2. I tried to go back a few years ago and get the Platinum in Mass Effect 2 because I'm missing two trophies. One of them's kind of a gimme. It's not a hard one. It's a bronze. But one of them is to beat the game on Insanity. And I got through half the game, and I think what I read online is that if you can get past Horizon, that's kind of the stopping point for a lot of people. Is if you can get past Horizon, you can get you can beat Insanity. Not much, not, not much trouble. 
but Horizon's like a giant fucking wall because when you get to the final battle at the end of that level, it's just waves and waves of enemies. And my team, I've got, you know, you've got your Shepherd and then your two teammates with you. And no matter who I pick, they die almost in five seconds. And I'm left trying to fend off like all these waves of enemies, trying to peek out between cover, get like one shot here and there to take down their health, like enemy one by one. So Horizon, I, I, I couldn't, I tried for hours and I just couldn't do it. So I, I gave up on that Platinum. I hate to say it, but it did. Got better things to do than build up my frustration, practice my boomerang skills like Steven with my controller. I don't want to get, I don't want to cut my lip. But uh, yeah, so I just have to say Horizon on Mass Effect 2, specifically on Insanity, but in general is with that, that la- those waves of enemies is pretty rough. It's a pretty rough go. And, and it single-handedly stopped me from getting the Platinum. And- literally anytime you have to drive that stupid, stupid, car thing in mass effect one is the most challenging level on earth it's like an apc Ugh, those things are terrible all right well that is going to bring us to the end of our topics but before we get out of here we're going to do some housekeeping Let's you need me fluff pillow this shit up i like how yield has taken that over as i have become temporary host of the show love it it it's going back to you when tricky comes back I'm just keeping the seat warm. Yeah, exactly. And I can keep the seat very warm because I'm going to fart in Tricky's chair as much as I can so when he gets back, it's nice and smelly for him. Nice and smelly. It's all love here on Trophy Horse. If you are a talented writer, podcaster, video editor, or news reporter, or you have a like skill, if you are a Twitch streamer, we want your help. We're always hiring. There is a Help Wanted tab on the front page of ProvenGamer.com. Click the link, follow all the, the necessary steps, and Tricky will get back to you once he's looked over everything. And while you're at Proven Gamer, stop and look at all the articles we put out. We've got news, previews, reviews, editorials, lots of great stuff. So, you know, check it out. And if you're on Twitch, we are on Twitch TV at twitch.tv backslash Proven Gamer. I'm getting better at saying backslash. Better than backsplash. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a personal small victory for me, and you have to appreciate the small victories in life. You, you had to be in the inside joke last week. Well, no, a number of weeks where I, I say backsplash instead of backslash. But Proven Gamer has its own page on Twitch, and you can also support your favorite Proven Gamer gamers by subscribing to their channels. If you, it's free for Amazon Prime members, but you got to pay a little money otherwise if you're not an Amazon Prime member. Contact info. How can you get a hold of us? Well, you can get a hold of us by email at trophyhors at provengamer.com. It's also got Twitter accounts. I am at Rex. Tricky's at TrickyMick. Yield is at I yield to no one, and we've got Lucia at the underscore Ion Vein. Again, we're going to throw out Lucia's Twitter handle because he's doing some big things with the Sony Emerging Emerging Filmmakers Project, so we want you to be able to go and look at what he's doing. Steven, sir, what is your Uh, Twitter? Do you have Twitter? I do. Uh, I am at Batchild27. Batchild27. That's right. I have seen that name before. Mm Mm-hmm. So you, well, I guess we know who's buying the Batman Telltale series then when it comes out on August 8th. Uh, maybe. I still have to play the first one. Oh, sir. Yeah, I know. You have to change your Twitter handle now. No, it's it's not about Batman. It's about, a, it's a musical called Batboy the Musical, and I played the Batboy, and they refer to him as the Batchild, and that's where that name came from. Well, there's a piece of Trophy Horse trivia that you did not know. Indeed. It'll be on the wiki. And knowing is half the battle. Yield. They need to know our phone number 
to win half that battle. The other half is calling. What is our phone number? Uh, it's 330-PROVEN-9. And if you can't spell on your calling device, that's 330-776-8, then the 3, and then the 6, and then the 9. Yield, your pauses are getting more absurd by the week. I know, right? Before you know it, it'll be a show just to do the phone number. It's like the schemes on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It just gets more absurd with every single season. We also have, you know, Trophy Wars is great, but we also have other podcasts on the Proven Gamer Podcast Network. We've got, hopefully, at some point in the future, another episode of PG Spoilers. It's kind of always there, not really seen, but it's always there. We've also got the Smart Marks. Uh, don't worry, now, now, now that Steven's editing, we shouldn't have to worry about Tricky losing them. <laughs> yeah, it all comes back to Tomb Raider. It all comes we back also, to Tomb Raider. We also have the Smart Marks which is the wrestling-centric podcast here on the network. And is it there a way? pay-per-view tonight? There is. There is. <gasps> Battleground is tonight. When you're listening to it, it's a couple days ago. But what better way to prepare for SummerSlam than listening to the Smart Marks? And other podcasts. Well, we've got two other podcasts. We've got another a new podcast on the network, Game Stuff, and that is with Phil. We've also got Kalai and Joe Priestley on there. So Game Stuff, go and listen to it. I think they just released their first episode this past week. And finally, last but not least, the Nintendo Dual Screens. He's been dropping Nintendo Nuggets all fucking episode. Hosts <laughs> Steven and Andy. And Steven, give us give us a little preview, because I imagine the event, the Nintendo event you went to in New York, you and Andy and Tricky went to last week? Yeah. I imagine you all cover that in your in one of your newest episodes, episode nine, maybe? Yes, episode nine should be dropping uh, this week, probably Monday. Um, so it's probably already dropped by the time you hear this episode. Um, yeah, we went to a stackup.org event at the Nintendo store in, in New York City in Rock, Rock Center. Uh, it was a event to raise awareness for their charity. Um, and we got to see... Uh, what do you call it? Salmon Run. Sorry, we got to see Salmon Run on Splatoon Two a little privately. We got to play a little four-player action. Um, so yeah, we speak about a little bit about that on that episode. Um, but yeah, episode nine is releasing this week, and episode ten is going to be a Splatoon Two review uh, podcast. So look forward to that. That is also going to drop at the end of the week. Very nice. Very nice. All right. So those are all the great podcasts that you can listen to on the Proving Gamer Podcast. Proven Gamer Podcast Network. Proven but how Gamer can you Posse. find them? Well, if you're not down to come into ProvenGamer.com, which why the hell aren't you, you can find the podcast on the Apple Podcast, formerly iTunes Podcast, Stitcher, various podcast apps, Google Play, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. I guess I should break down which shows you can find where. Wait, Steven, where can you find Nintendo Dual Screens of those? Dual Screens is on Apple Podcasts. It's on pretty much everything except for iHeartRadio. It's really anywhere you could find uh, any podcasts. Okay, great. But you can listen to Trophy Horrors on iHeartRadio. So pretty much anywhere because we're kind of a big deal. Yes. Yield. Big in the Philippines. Speaking of a big deal, even if Shuhei won't recognize us, what are our PlayStation 4 communities? Oh, uh, we have a uh, one for Proven Gamer called Proven Gamer. We have one for Trophy Horse called T Dub's Brothel because Shehu. Damn it! We can't that's say horse. That, that's that is my Achilles heel. That's my backsplash, man. So, um, yeah, we, we, we're not allowed to say horse. So it's called T Dub's Brothel. And I have one called the Platinum Guild. 
Yes, where you can show off all your shiny new Platinums. Like, I'm going to show off Crash 2 when I get it. That is going to bring us to our sponsors. First and foremost, you do a lot of shopping on Amazon, but Yield, tell them how they can help us out and shop shop at Amazon at the same time. So, if you run over to ProvenGamer.com first, on one of the sides of the screen, I am uh, foggy as to which side. I believe it's the right-hand side. Right. I believe the right, yeah. Uh, there is a little ad for Amazon, so click that, and it doesn't cost you anything, just a little diversion, and it takes you straight to Amazon, and you can place your order, and a small proceeds from that order gets kicked back to the site, and helps to keep it up and running, and bring you all the great content that you've come to know and love. Yeah. And Extra Life. This year, Extra Life is happening on November 4th. And if you don't know what Extra Life is, it's a day-long annual charity event to benefit the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. It's a gaming marathon, so you get to play video games all day, which sounds pretty awesome. And basically what you do to sign up is you go to extra-life.org. You pick a team to play with. You can start your own team or you can play solo. From there, you pick a Children's Miracle Network hospital to represent. And then you get started collecting donations or sponsorships for your 24-hour gaming marathon. You can do a lump sum. You can do a, uh, an hourly amount, like a dollar an hour, two dollars an hour, whatever people are comfortable donating. And from there, you know, you just prepare for your your 24-hour marathon or your 25-hour marathon, whichever one it is this year. On November plenty 4th. of pizza and pop. Yes, exactly. You're going to need it to fuel your your gaming that day. Extra Life's motto is play games, heal kids, and it's really a win-win situation. You get to play video games all day, and you get to also provide much-needed funds to Children's Miracle Network hospitals around the world. So I'm going to I'm going to try to clear out some backlogs. It's a good day to do it. So November 4th, mark it down in your calendars, and again, to sign up, you go to extra-life.org. That is going to bring us to the final segment of every single episode of Trophy Horse, which are shout-outs! Shout-outs! Who wants to shout out first? Steven, you're the new host. Why don't we let you go first? Sure thing. Uh, big shout out to my wife, who is mere days away from giving birth to our second child. Um, so that's that's happening soon. So big shout out to her. Um, shout out to Tricky for allowing me to be a new host on the show. It's, uh, it's a, an honor to join the Horrors. I uh, never thought I'd say that. But is is it really? <laughs> it is. It, it is actually. Um, this is a good show. Uh, you know, sometimes it could be a little bit too Michael Bay, but you know, hopefully with with me in the fray, it'll be more like a Tim Burton. Um, but we'll not see. While, not while not while I'm in charge, sir. We're not going to have any Michael Bay. When Tricky comes back, I mean, we'll be reading like the Chronicles of Narnia, the entire <laughs> novelizations in one episode. But and we'll be derailing. We'll be recording for like four hours. It's just. Shout out to uh, my co-host on Nintendo Dual Screens, Andy. Without him, I wouldn't be able to be doing that show. Uh, we we have a blast doing it. Um, so shout out to that. Uh, shout out to hmm, my mother. My mother who is currently watching my two-year-old while I could podcast. So yeah, big time shout outs. Nice. Thank you, Stevens, mom. It's quite awesome of you. Mm, indeed. All right. Well, yield your shout out, sir. I will give a shout out as always to my co-host Steven and Alex. Appreciate recording tonight. A shout out to the fans, you, the Hordum, for doing everything, listening, downloading, spreading the word that is Trophy Horrors. Uh, spreading, a, spreading something. That's right. Uh, a shout out to Tricky, who uh, mysteriously was kicked off the show. That's what I'm reading on the interwebs. So 
that's all kinds of awesome, I guess. Shorter uh, descriptions for topics. Yay. Um, See, fan, your fans, you do have a voice. You will be heard. And poor Tricky. Can't get no loving. Maybe except from the scrubs. Um, Scrub is a guy who can't give no love from me. <laughs> and a... Uh, I was going to say a shout-out to the pay-per-view, which I'm going to go watch, but it could be a, it could be a flub. So, a shout-out impending. I have a feeling it's going to be a real turd sandwich. Probably, but that's all right. Oh, a shout-out to the last pay-per-view because I won the scorecard competition with my friend and knee, or my, my brother-in-law and my niece. Yeah. There you go. Hopefully I can pull off two pay-per-views in a row. Make it happen, Yield. Make us proud. I'm going to try. Do it for Darth Maul. It, I will, damn it. Bringing back that oldie. Do right, it for Maul. You. So that is going to bring it to me. And as always, first and foremost, I want to give a shout out to the listeners because they are the fuel to the fire that we call Trophy Whores. Thank you all for pushing the tro- Trophy Whores to this to this uh, point. We're going to go even further with it. Like I said, we've got a new host. Shout out to Steven for To the being top awesome. of the Eiffel Tower. Exactly. More Steven is good. So if you can get him on the Nintendo dual screens and on Trophy Horse, that's definitely a good thing. So yeah, so thank you to Steven for joining the team and thank you for uh, the listeners for just spending some time with us every week. Lastly, uh, I want to give a shout out uh, to, to someone special. Uh, Chelsea, actually a uh, new lady in my life. Um, she's really awesome and uh, very, lucky, very lucky to have her in my life. She actually, on our first date, she mentioned that she went and listened to the podcast, one of the podcasts that Yield and I did together. I didn't tell her the name of the podcast. Um, I think she knew the, the the website, but she went and found the podcast on her own. I didn't ask her to listen to it, and she said she listened to it. Um, so I definitely want to give a shout out to her for that as well Ruh-roh. as just, you know adding so much to my happiness. So that shout out for you, Chelsea. Uh, and that is going to bring us to the end of the show. As always, thank you for listening, and until next week, happy trophy hunting. Peace out. See you later, everybody.